the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So with me is only my buddy, but coach, my pal, the man with a plan, John Malika. But guess what, John? Guess what? Guess what we got to do today, John? Because it's not just any, 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 any normal recording. I don't know what that beep was, <laughs> but I got to tell you what this is, John. I got to tell you what it all means. It's Summer League. Knicks Summer League is in action. You know what that means? Do you know what that means? What's it mean? Overreaction time. That means we got to go <laughs> overreact 100% to the extreme of what's going on with the New York Knicks. Because guess what? It wouldn't be right if we were Knicks fans and we just kept it plain, simple, and kept it moving along. That's just not us. That's just not our DNA, man. Orange and blue, we got to be, we got to have everything moving. We got to know who we got for the future. You know, we're like that impatient dude, right? We started dating this girl that you like. You want to see, you see the future with them. You're starting to bully them kind of in a way like, nah, you got to do this. Hey, maybe you should do this with your 401k. Hey, you know what? Maybe you and I will be on the same health insurance. It's like, bro, hold on one sec. This is like the third date. Okay. I don't know where you're going with this, but we all got a soul. Low down. That's really where we are as Knicks fans. All right. Let's be real. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> but John, before we go any more into summer league first, I want to know, how are you doing today? What's going on, my man? Oh, dude, I'm good. I had a great weekend. NYC was kind of rainy. So I went up to uh, the Mohonk Preserve up in New Paltz, chilled out on a little hike. Good Ooh. time, man. Now uh, back to the week. We got the Yankees are, are making that push. Went to Jets green and white practice on Saturday. We got some Jets, lots of Jets things happening. First preseason game. And right in the middle of it, the Knicks Summer League, dude. The Knicks Summer League is here. We got our rookies here. We got our second year guys back. I mean, low key, a really, really fun time to be a Knicks Jets Yankees fan. It's really exciting times right now. It really is really exciting times. And, you know, you were actually there, as you said, at the green and white game. It looked a lot of fun. We're going to do a little tangent right now on the Jets, but we can talk more about it uh, when we do our Jets podcast this week. But from what I saw, you know, Zach Wilson did okay for his first game. Coach Salah said, you know, it was good exposure for him because he hasn't had that yet. Uh, Talk about overreactions, man. Talk about overreactions. IQ and Zach Wilson were just in the gutter together. Yo, man. (laughs) (laughs) You did uh, between both beats. You didn't know which one was worse, though. I'll tell you that. Let's let's keep it a hundred on that. Um, really ridiculous. And speaking about Emmanuel quickly, I guess that's a good transition to like just we'll talk. We'll save the Jets for for the Jets pod. We'll get straight into the New York Knicks because and we're going to start off right now with let's start with our let's start with summer league. Let's start with our two vets. Let's start with Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. I think it's easy just to knock off first Obi Toppin because he had two solid back-to-back games. John himself, last season, at the beginning of last season, if you listen to this podcast, if you are an avid listener to this podcast, this man said, Obi looks like he's a guy that needs an offseason. And John, you were right. This man was a guy that needed an offseason. Because my goodness gracious, this man, first game, first game against the Toronto Raptors, he comes out with... 24 points, eight rebounds. They were all defensive rebounds. Uh, he went two from three from the free throw line with a 66.7 uh, percentage. 
shot 47.6% from the field, you know, went two for 10 from three, shot a lot of threes. I see that they're trying to make him a stretch four, but went 10 for 21 from the field goal, man. He did a pretty good job. He had 24 points. Sure, it was a loss, but he looked pretty good out there. Like, if you mm-hmm. watch the game, I actually liked his development, what he's been, the work he's been putting in. Throughout all offseason, you had Rebecca Hollow today against the Knicks-Pacers game talking about it's just been IQ and Obi together in the gym, like truly like blood brothers as like the rookie class working out together and making sure they're doing everything like side by side and pushing each other to get better. And when I watch Obi Toppin, and you can let me know if you see it too, I see a guy who's a little bit more comfortable watching, playing the game. It looks like it's slowing down for him a lot. Like, oh, he's not deer in the headlights like he was last season when we saw the first couple of games, right? And now you see this guy who's cool, calm, and collected on the court. And the one thing I really do like is he's trying to utilize the post. Especially today against the Pacers, you see Emmanuel quickly getting it to him on the block, and he's trying to get some moves. He's not there yet where he can bully guys back, but he's really – I really like what I'm seeing where he's being patient trying to look for what he can do, get the guys off balance and look for, you know, to shake them off, to do like a, a nice little slight hook spin move to get an easy layup, or he's looking to pass it out to somebody else. I really like what I've seen from Obi Toppin, but I want to give you the credit and the shine right now. Let me hear you talk about Obi Toppin because like you said, this man needed an off season. He's now gotten an off season to a certain degree. Granted it's been condensed because we ended in June you know, and really we're coming around the season pretty quickly. As you reminded me, regular season starts in October and October is not too far away. So what what are your thoughts on Obi Toppin to, to get it all started? Yeah, man, I am so excited that Obi Toppin has come out the way he has come out, just hot on fire. And he used this offseason to his advantage like he said he was going to. Right, because at least IQ had that USA uh, short stint where he was doing okay, but then he got COVID and he had to leave. But we really didn't hear from Obi except for random pictures out in New York City, right? So uh, I was really happy the way he came out. And you said it perfectly, man. He looked like he was just a step behind, a little confused when he was just thrown into the game, you know, last season. And honestly, he was giving a pretty big, big role. You know what I mean? He wasn't given like five minutes in the game. He was like, yo, we need you right now to step up and be our top, you know, number four. Uh, pl- give us like a solid 20 minutes, you know, defend real guys. <laughs> and he came up, he started to show up in, in the playoffs and we were a little bit hesitant over, you know, is this a big jump? Is this just like a, you know, is this like a little glimpse? Cause we lost a lot of those games. So, you know, it was just like kind of like garbage minutes. You know, what was it really? And. Now we have summer league, so we're not going to overreact like, you know, you started off the pod talking about. But let's let's keep it real, man. He he's obviously the the dad on the court, right? He's like he's, he's, he obviously <laughs> is the veteran on the court. Like he, he looks like he looks like he's playing with children, right? Like kids are he's overage. Right? Uh, I mean, this is very true. He's probably one except for today against Chris Duarte. Uh, as everyone's talking about, like this man's like freaking on AARP while he's on the court. Uh, you're right. Obi Toppin's one of the more older seasoned guys playing in summer league. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. So I mean, that that's fine, and he's acting like it. You know, so it's okay if you if you are the oldest, as long as you're acting like it. I guess it's okay. And like you said, the Knicks definitely have a plan for him. They're using him as a stretch four. Today he shot three for six from three, dude, fifty percent. And from the field, he was eight for twenty. 
40%. Like, what else can you ask for? Did it miss a free throw? Three for three? Grab nine boards? I mean, he, he had five turnovers, which is not going to happen in an NBA game, hopefully, because he's not going to have the ball that much. But, I mean, he, 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 had, he, had, he had another great game. And to me, he's, he's if, you, if you're really talking about fans of this pod, Alex, if you go back to when we were talking about scouting Obi and as, when we drafted Obi, we were calling him Amari Stoudemire light from the beginning, and he's really starting to show that. And the modern day Amari Stoudemire would have a shot, right? Because you know he tried to develop that way too late, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it just wasn't working out with yeah, that yeah, quarter yeah. elbow. Um, you know, this Obi can hit those can hit those uh, three pointers, and especially think about this, Alex. Two years ago, uh, our 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 boy, R.I.P. Frankie Smokes. Uh, he led. He led not only our team but the league in corner three point percentage. And then last year we had R.J. leading the league in and team in corner three point percentage. Maybe this year it's going to be Obi that's going to work into you know the corner three point percentage. So he, he you know he, he he could show that he can hit it. And if he if you know if he could play with Randall. Which he kind of was forced to do in the playoffs, like we alluded to, and it, it didn't look too bad at times. I kind of like what I kind of like what I see from Obi, man. I really like it. He's going to get some big minutes off the bench behind Randall for sure, and we're going to need that for Julius Randall, right? We don't need this dude playing thirty to forty minutes on a nightly basis like we had all last season. So it'll be good. It'll be good to see Obi get like 15, 20 minutes per game. And I think that's a good step in the right direction. He was capped at like 10, between 10 to 15 mm-hmm. last season. Uh, but you were right. Like he started off 20 at some point at the beginning when he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't working out at all. It wasn't because he <laughs> yeah. was just so, he was so out of it. I mean, he missed so much time with an injury. He didn't have an offseason. He only had preseason, which is four games. He looked okay during those that preseason stint. But then once you're in regular season, it's a totally different animal, right? We're not playing second, third units. Guys know that they're playing for something. This is where the money is made. So he had to step up. And for him, unfortunately, it, it didn't go in the direction that he did, that he wanted to. Also, we didn't see Julius Randle becoming Julius Randle. We didn't see an all NBA second team player that was just you know, a guy that we wanted <laughs> on the streets yeah. the season before. Yeah. So, you know, he was brought trade in. Trade for Mike Conley. <laughs> yeah, trade for Mike Conley, trade for Buddy Heald, trade for somebody, right? We were we had all those things going on. And then I think everyone thought that Obi, like even myself, I thought Obi was going to come here, slide right in to be that starting power forward. Didn't. Now, I'm not saying looks like a starting power forward, but he definitely looks like a guy who's more comfortable in his position and happy to see that because we're going to need him this season if we're going to give Julius Randle some rest. But yeah, now I trust him. I trust him oh, now as as yeah. as the as starting bench forward. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do trust him as a start like a starting bench forward as well. He's showing he's showing a lot, man. He's showing that he, he's like I said, cool, complex, giving you the screens, rolling to the basket, doing those type doing those things that we wanted to see from him last season. And I just can't wait, man, because second year. And the team has improved the roster, right? With Kemba Walker, you know, Evan Fournier as a starting unit and the second, the bench unit staying the same. Another year of these guys getting to know each other. It's going to be interesting to see how Obi just slides right back in and, and how he performs. But let's go on to the next season veteran that we have on this roster. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, where I didn't get to watch. <laughs> I'll just say I didn't get to watch the first game because I was Lucky doing something you. more. 
I was doing something more special. I was getting my, you know, engagement photos. So I was very happy doing that. Let's go and shout out to you at Martha's Vineyard right now. We see you. Yeah, yeah, chilling, chilling, chilling. You know what it is, on vacation, but still right here because I want to talk about Knicks, want to talk about Jets with my boy John. You know what it is? But look, I was on Twitter as we were going from various spots to do these photo shoots, and all I could see was Emmanuel quickly getting flamed, man. I see that he's not a point guard. He's not doing this. We have Berman writing a piece saying he needs to increase his trade value. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's legitimately... One game, one game. And I'm not saying that Emmanuel quickly is the point guard. You know, he's, he's gonna be, he should be our starting point guard right now. That's not why in the argument. It's summer league, man. Can we just chill? Let the dude like get into rhythm. Like we did this with RJ like two seasons ago where it's like, oh, this guy's a bust. He's summer league. It's like, guys, it's summer league. Just chill. This is like for them to like work on stuff. And you see that the coaching staff is trying to give him more on ball action as a point guard trying to work it in, make him more comfortable doing the entry passes, organizing the offense, trying to get him a little bit more comfortable doing some reads. Um, and not, instead of just being more of a reactionary passer, which is what he came into the league being, uh, or was, I should say. Now he's doing a little bit more than that. Today he had a good game, right? Today he had a good game. Today, Emmanuel quickly scored. I think you're understating it. I really think you're understating good game, dude. He All right, absolutely fine. He murdered had, it today. Fine. He had a great game. He had a great <laughs> game. He had a great game. Why? Because he had 32 points, eight assists, two rebounds. Oh, by the way, the one thing I want to say about Obi, he, even though he did have five turnovers, that's what I want to remember. Even though he did have five turnovers, he had zero in the second half. So that was, that was Okay, impressive. that's a good point. That's a good that's point. A good, that, that's impressive. But that means he had five in the first half. I know. It's still bad. <laughs> but growth. <laughs> he right. grew up. You're right. You're um, right. But getting back to Emmanuel quickly, 32 points, eight assists, two rebounds. Dude shot 33% from three, went four for 12, uh, 11 from 21 from the field, over 50% today um, in 32 minutes. That dude was balling out, man. Dude was and, balling and, out. Um, uh, and, you know, it's not even just about how he responded on the court. I mean, if you're going to penalize the players for – you know, playing or reacting negatively when there's a negative story, then you better damn well praise them when they play well after a negative story, right? And after one summer league game, like the poor guy goes to Team USA, plays great, talks about how he's going to get all this mentorship, is so excited, like a little kid at camp, like us when we have, you know, one of our uh, a really good friend on, you know, the pod who's going to, you know, talk to us. We're just like super excited, all of a sudden, it comes crashing down on him, gets COVID, gets sent home, has one summer league game, doesn't play a great, doesn't have a good game, game one, like you talked about. You know, then a, a certain publication comes out, talks about how it's a disaster that IQ is playing bad. And not only is it a disaster that he's playing bad for him as a player, but because the Knicks... And the trade value of IQ is going to now go down. What trade, bro? What trade value? What, who are we trading? What, are you, what is anyone talking about? We can't trade anyone until December. We can't, we're not trading any, No one's going anywhere. Like, has every, does anyone not realize how the Knicks are operating? Like, we just, made, we just spent the week and a half making fun of them because we did, they're doing everything the same as last year. And now all of a sudden we're making fun of them because, like, they're not good, like they're not good enough to trade everyone away. 
Nothing makes after sense. After a summer league game. After a summer league game. Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes well, sense. Dude. I like it is summer league. The overreactions are way too high from all areas right now. I'm probably gonna have a little overreaction on this pod for a second for one certain player that I was talking to you about earlier. Uh and I may get heat for this, but I don't really care. We're gonna talk about that later. Um but Emmanuel quickly had like look, it's like I was saying on today. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about, is he the, is he a point guard of the future? Is he doing this? And I'm like, look, I'm not going to put a cap on anybody. You know me. I don't want to put a cap on anybody. It's two years in. I don't care. All right. I, I do find it comical that everyone puts a cap on somebody after four years. I'm like, really interesting. Julius Randall's on like his third contract, but this dude just suddenly turned it around. But okay. We're cool. Well, putting Lonzo, on Ball, Lonzo Ball just became a basketball player. I know. That's who I was talking about. Too. That's what that's what I'm talking about. But okay, I don't want I don't want to digress. Um anyway. I just I, I think I, I, I just I, I just Do you no, think this I'm, proved that IQ do you think this proved that IQ needs a guard next to him though? I think what it's look, it's summer league. Once again, this is summer league. All right. I oh. I, I don't take any, like it's he should be getting thirty two points. He should be doing this type of stuff. Same thing with Obi. Obi should be getting 20 summer points. You're the second year guys who were just on a four, on a four seed playoff team. I'm expecting you guys to come in here and perform. After these performances, are you going to say, Alex, uh, or you ask me, Alex, is this, is Emmanuel quickly now the point guard that we need in the starting rotation or X, Y, and Z? I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I can't make that determination right now. We're, we're, who, who's he played against? Who are we playing but if, against? But if if IQ came out and played like Steve Nash these first two games, we everyone everyone yeah. with you included would be like, this guy needs to be our starting point guard. Forget Kemba Walker. Why would we sign D Rose? <laughs> like who cares oh, I, about I, Dame Lillard? I actually, I actually would, I actually wouldn't go that far. I, I'd say, okay, he's trending in the right direction, and we can give him some point guard minutes. But I wouldn't say, all right, give him the keys and let's do it. It's been reported for so long it's been noted for so long that it takes a guard to become a good point guard it takes him about four to five years in the league it's just year two he didn't really get a lot of point guard action last season we're now seeing some point guard in summer league i'm expecting him to get some more on ball action this season to get him more comfortable could emmanuel quickly become the point guard of this team Yes, I could see that. I can, I can visually see that and say, yes, at some point I can see him being that. Are you asking me that it's now? No, I will not say that it is now unless not based off summer league. If we go into the NBA regular season and this dude is now seeing DeMontis Sabonis, we're start, we start seeing Anthony Davis on the other end. We're starting seeing, all right, we're playing real guys now. And I'm not saying not these guys are not real guys in the summer league, but I'm talking about seasoned true veterans. All right. You're matching up against Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, all these guys. You're going toe to toe, matching it, orchestrating the offense. You got Chris Paul on the other side. All right. Let's see you do that. Let's see you break down the defense from the point of attack with, you know, and just driving. Let's see if you have a layup package. I love Emmanuel quickly. I haven't seen a layup package yet. Uh, really going through traffic in the half court. Okay. Everyone want, like, this is one thing that we talk about for Alonzo, right? Does he attack the rim in half court? Sure. The man quickly has driven in half court, but he hasn't done a layup. He has finished layups, but he hasn't done a layup in the half court. Those floaters. He loves his floaters, but it's more than just floaters. Yeah. Gotta be a little bit more creative. Honestly, I, I, IQ put it best, dude. 
He's just a good basketball player. And that's <laughs> it. He's a really, he's a really good basketball player. And that's it. Like it, he's a really good basketball player. He's a combo guard right now. I'm not trying to make anything more than that from summer league. You, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I got it's, you. It's summer league. It's just summer. Well, like I love summer note, league. On that note, Alex, who are you about to overreact on? <laughs> oh, you want me to go? On? You want me to, you want me to go with this now? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you about to overreact on? Jericho Sims. All right. The high-flying Jericho Sims? The high-flying Jericho Sims. Man could put his head above the rim. Yo, he yacked yesterday against Toronto. That was insanity. He caught that lob. That was insane. He just jumps high, not even on lobs. He just jumps high all the time. Absolutely. (laughs) He can touch the the top of the backboard. He can legitimately (laughs) touch the top of the backboard. That's insanity. You want the overreaction? Here's the overreaction. I see a really good center there. Based in Summer League. I'm not saying that he's going to be an all-premier center. I see a really good center. I see Mitchell Robinson insurance in Jericho Sims. I know we signed him to a two-way. I see insurance. I see future insurance. It's like, okay, I think this is where it really comes down to. And this is the overreaction. This is the overreaction you're going to get from me today. I think we, won, got the Mitchell Robinson evaluation. They picked up the option. We know he becomes an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I think by before the trade deadline, they're going to make a decision. It's either we're going to make a move to keep Mitchell Robinson and try to extend him during the season or removing him because we have faith that Nerlens Noel can be that bridge while we're bringing up Jericho Sims. And I actually do like Jericho Sims. I'm actually really impressed with the, with our pick. I'm actually really impressed with him as a player because it's not just that he, he's setting hearts. He's doing things that you want from your center. He's setting, he's setting good screens. He's fu- he fundamentally sound that what we didn't have from Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson was trending in the right direction last season, as we pointed out. But Jericho Sims is doing the things that Mitchell Robinson was trending in the right direction for. The thing that we, that's so intriguing about Mitchell Robinson is that his athletic ability to guard the perimeter and just, you know, this. Pick and roll. The, and pick and roll. And there's just so much intrigue that if he puts it all together, he really becomes his dominant center. But instead we have Jericho Sims, who's just more polished right now. I'll say like polished in the sense, like he does, does the basic things good enough. Mm-hmm. All right. He sets those screens. He's, he-, he knows what it means to hedge. He knows to drop back. He's not necessarily the, the greatest pick and roll defender. He's boxing out. Well, He's grabbing boards. He's fighting for boards, doing the small, smart things. Like even today against Indi- uh, against Indiana, uh, I think it was Emmanuel Quickly that threw him a lob. Instead of just trying to slam it down, he grabs it, comes back down, gathers himself, and goes back up and finishes the easy dunk. Nothing crazy. He's like, I don't have to strain myself doing this. I'm going to just make the smart basketball move. That's the stuff that we want to see Mitchell Robinson doing, you know? We saw a glimpse of him moving that direction last season. I'm very high on Jericho since from what I see. I think he'll be a really good basketball player for this team. And I think they're taking the time to not even sign him because one, why sign him when you know as a second round you can give him a two-way contract? Very smart move. Let him develop in the G League, polish him up even more, evaluate Mitchell Robinson. No need to have three. We have would well, have four centers on this roster with Taj, Mitch. Noel and then Jericho, that doesn't make sense. And then if you don't need Mitch, you can move Mitch for someone else who still sees the intrigue in him. And if you really want to give Jericho a contract because you need him for the season, you can convert that two way into a full NBA contract and pay him the, 
what is it? The, uh, the modified rate for the remainder of the season. I think that's a smart financial move. And I think he legitimately is insurance, but I really do like what I see from Jericho Sims. All right. Yeah. I, I also like what I see in Jericho Sims, but I, I don't want to taking your advice. I don't want to overreact to the summer league, but I don't think it's an overreaction to call him the fourth center of the Knicks, right? That was last year. That was North Pell, and he didn't get a, he didn't get a single minute, even though he was on the bench, you know, as as the number four. So I don't think that's crazy. And I mean, dude, you're finally getting on board with me about about Mitch Robinson, and I guess, I guess all it took was Jericho Sims. But I'm glad you're finally on board with. I, I think the Knicks are gonna move on from Mitch Robinson and. It's not because he's bad at basketball, but it's one, he, like it or not, he's injury prone, right? The, the facts are the facts at this point. And even if they're freak injuries, he just can't stay on the court. And even when he is dressed, he can't stay on the court because of fouls. You know what I mean? And so the games where he's healthy and not in foul trouble are so scarce. And so I just don't think it's going to be worth the contract that he wants, to be honest I'll, with you. I'll be, I'll push back on, on that and say, like, he really got his foul. Foul, foul troubles under control last season. I'll say that. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say for the injury, like the injuries are a concern because we didn't get enough of an evaluation out of him to see how much he could have learned. So that's why I think they're hedging their, this is kind of a hedging their bet. Yeah. So I guess it's not an overreaction to say Jericho Sims is the, is the insurance. I'm just higher on Jericho Sims. That's yeah. what it just comes down to. I also think it's interesting that Patton didn't play. Uh, you know, as we know from the Westchester Knicks, uh, Patton had a pretty big role um, on this team. He was a, he was a DNP, so I guess they really do like Sims, and they they obviously want to get him some burn. You think he's going to get a lot of burn in Westchester? Uh, Jericho? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a legitimate. He's a legitimate. Day. He's a legitimate center. Most of the centers in the G League. They're not seven footers. They're, they're like Kenny Wooten, man. You see a lot of six, nine, six, ten guys playing center. Um, Jericho, That's I think he's six, ten. This is what scares me. Kenny Wooten is, I want to, I want to call it like Kenny Wooten syndrome. I have Kenny Wooten syndrome. Like I watched him absolutely murder in Westchester. I was like, we need this guy. We finally get him and he does nothing. And so like, th- like th- that's those. I have Kenny Wooten syndrome when it comes to players like Patton. Players like North Pell, players like Sims, you know what I mean? That like, I don't know what it kind of translates into when it comes to center, but I I do think that he can be, he can be Taj Gibson. Why can't he be Taj Gibson? I think he can. I think the thing is yeah. that unlike unlike Wooten, who was six nine, right? Wooten was six nine and like really thin, so he needed a little bit more versatility, and he didn't have. Like six nine, who are you banging with? You're not bang, and he couldn't bang with Andre Drummond. He couldn't bang with Anthony Davis. Could even go with uh, Dwight Howard. At least six ten. Like you look at you look at Jericho Sims. You're like, wow, that guy's a, he's a big boy. Like he actually looks like the built of a center. Yeah, he's um, an athletic freak. That helps. Yeah. So I have more. I have more faith in him. And for Justin Patton, like he was good, but I think. He's just he's just a guy in the paint, man. Like honestly, but isn't that all Tibbs wants? It is all that Tibbs wants, but just, I don't see Justin Patton as a guy who is the rim protector that Tibbs wants. I don't see him as this versatile defender that he wants. 
and I'm not even saying Jericho Sims is like this quintessential, quintessential, like, like, uh, athletic, crazy defender that we got even from New Orleans Noel. But I think Jericho Sims gives you more versatility enough as a center, just doing the things basic and doing it right. And I think the jumping and the leaping ability of being a rim runner and having that capability of just jumping high. Like if you watch when he's, when someone's coming into the paint and they showed videos of this for the practice that they were doing in summer league, he, his vertical jump up, which is what you need to do. He's not jumping out into anybody. He's legit practicing jumping up, which is not a foul. Mm -hmm. So I think that alone, especially since he can jump high, Changes a lot of things. I think that's right. a trait that's very t- tough to teach. But that's just me. That's my overreaction. That's fair. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Honestly, if you want to get my overreaction, but let's move on to the that's one rookie. Let's move on to the guards. Let's move on to the rest of the rookies. We got three more to discuss. Uh, actually, we got four to discuss. Three from the draft class. One from Argentina. So let's say, let's say the two poor, international. Poor Vildoza, bro. Poor guy. Poor, Let's save the two international guys for last. Um, what do you think about Quentin Grimes and uh, Deuce McBride, man? Dude, Deuce is every, as advertised, huh? Yeah. Deuce is oh. as advertised with this whole guard play. I, he seems like that Kirk Heinrich type of guard. Ooh. Like that Dunn. Like that Dunn, Heinrich, Tibbs, like just – Kind of playmate, kind of D up a little bit, and just like be solid point guard play off the bench. Okay, I can see that right now, especially point guard off the bench. I actually like how he's aggressive. I like you feel like every time he touches the ball, he just feels like he's ready to do something. Right? You're like yeah. even when he's like bringing the ball, he's like he's, he's like downhill. Like, it's downhill. He's very aggressive. And just like, even how he dribbles is like, Oh, this guy's ready to do some sort of action. I don't even know what it is. Even if he's just like doing one dribble or two dribbles between the legs and passes. I'm like, wow, you just dribble that shit out of the ball aggressively <laughs> yeah, for yeah. no reason. Well, yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. You're like getting me riled up. Uh, I like, I like what I saw, but defensively, dude, dude's a hound. I know. Hound. I know. He, I know. I know. He's a beast on defense, man. I like it, man. I really do like it. Because he's a pass. As, a, as an undersized guard to even get three rebounds, he had 14 points today against the Pacers. Shot went two for three at the free throw line. Shot two for three from three. Like he was, he's got a pretty good jumper, man. I like his jumper. Five for seven from the field. 71% today against the Pacers. He's efficient. He's very efficient. I like it. Really do like it. Plus six. Yeah. Man, man. Like. I, I like what I'm seeing out of uh, Miles McBride. He's making me like yesterday. He went three for three from the line. He didn't hit any three pointers. It was a bad game for him in the sense that it's like it wasn't efficient. Like his first game, I think that was just the first day jitters. Only got nine points, but he got five rebounds, two assists. Like as an undersized guard, like he's six foot six one. I know. I know. That's five rebounds. Getting five boards for him—that's work. Like yeah. that is work. I like that. And he's tenacious, man. I just thought he, he, he's like a Rottweiler, dude. Like, you're just out there. He's just ready to go. Like, he's ready to protect, ready, ready to defend, ready to attack, downhill. None of this. Let me be fancy with you. No, no, no. I'm going to bully you. Yeah. And, like, he gets to his spots. Like, for his mid-range, he gets to his spots. It's not it's – not, I like his mid-range game. I do like his mid-range game. It's not crispy as you want it to be, but it is – Good right now for summer league, and I think that's just a good indication of where he could be when he gets another year in him. 
four years. He's gonna have fun. He's gonna have fun in Westchester. Oh no, he he signed, man. Oh, he signed. That's right. He signed. He signed. He signed. He's on the roster. That's right. That's right. You think he's on the roster? Do I think he's getting burned? Yeah. No. I think in rare minutes, man. I think we got this. We got the ten set. He's gonna, be, he's gonna be on the. He's gonna be. He's gonna be on the on the on the Knox on the Knox schedule. He's gonna get more minutes than Knox. I can guarantee you that. No, I'm just saying. Like the oh, you think this year he'll get more minutes than Knox? Oh, 100 percent. Oh wow! I look, man. I was gonna say look, he's on the Knox look, schedule from look, a couple, like when he was when Knox was coming out. First thing that I heard, okay. First thing that if you want to get on the court in the NBA. Another thing that's reported, I'll, sh- I'll give the shout out for this one. Chris Vernon always talks about it. Uh, if you want to get on the court quick, play defense. Mm. Coaches need you to play defense. Like if you want, offense will come. Like coaches know offense will come. It comes with confidence. It comes with understanding your spot. There's a little bit more nuance to getting your shots on offense. But if you're aggressive, if you're hustling and you're playing defense, you will get on the court. I see. I don't see that from Knox, like when it comes to defense. Yeah. Like we see spurts, we see spurts of it from Knox. I won't say that Knox hasn't completely done. We see spurts of it from him. In two summer league games, I've seen more effort from Deuce McBride over four, <laughs> over three seasons than from Kevin Knox in two games. Like That's the dude great. is hungry. The dude is hungry, man. You see someone who's been fed, who, who, who's been starving. Over a guy who's been, like, he has that right. feeling of like a dude who's starving. And the same could be same for Quentin Grimes. I like what I see from Quentin Grimes too. Dude hustles, hustles. Like these two guys advertise as they were solid defense, mm-hmm. hustlers, dogs, the whole nine yards. I love it. Quentin Grimes diving on the floor, trying to get a loose I ball. Know. They know they know who their coach is, but also IQ again said it. It's just the Knicks culture. Rebecca Harlow's asking him like, "What what what is this? What's going on?" He's like, "This is the culture right now. Like, this is how how it is. Like, you know what you need to do in order to get, you know, burn on in the big league team. You know what you have to do, and so it's kind of cool that the rookies are acting like that and not." Like our old rookies would, and just like go around and just shoot sixty-five times in summer league. For sure. I mean, look, Quentin Grimes, even for his, he had he went three for eleven his first night, thirty-seven percent from uh, three, only had nine points, four rebounds, two assists, right? But once again, hustling out there, even though they lost, comes back against Indiana. What does he do? Not even a good shooting, not even a good shooting performance from the field, right? He still went 33% from three. He had six points, but his effort was there overall. Got six rebounds, five defensive rebounds, four assists. He was plus 17 in this win today against the Indiana Pacers. And if you watched his floor game, you saw how much effort he was giving. He's not even hitting his shots. I think it's still just an adjustment for guys who are three and D. Come on, you're coming from a college line where it's like, what, 20 feet out? You're going to 23. Adding three feet is quite a jump. And I, I, I'm really, I'm not, I'm high on, I'm high on Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes in the sense that they can be really good rotational players. Like they could be really good role players. Like I could see that like base is like really good. Well, role Tony players. Dang. Tony Dang. Hmm. You know Lual, who everyone keeps? Lual Dang. Lual Dang. Lual Dang. Oh, Lual Lual Dang, Dang like, and Tony Snell. Yeah. Tony I, Snell. I, I, he, 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 kind of the mix there. 
I guess my I guess that's where my, my brain was going. Like that's kind of where you can go. He's like, I don't I can't see he's never going to create. So he's never going to be. You don't think you could create at some point? Because you know, no. I don't. I no. I don't. I, I'm be honest. Like I don't think he's going to be. He's not going to even ever create like RJ creates now. I, I don't think. I don't like that. That'd be his ceiling. Like RJ now, I feel like with just like getting off the ball. You know what I mean? It's going to be tough for him. He's more of just like, I'll hit the three if I'm open in the corner. I'll D up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel. And I think I think McBride's going to be like that, too. He's going to D up. And I think, actually, I like his mid-range more, like you said. But he's also going to be able to hit the three, hit the mid-range. But he's just going to be there for defense. And like, like Luol Dang, like Tony Snell, they're just going to be players. Like, kind of like Don. I, I said Heinrich, but... I, I, Kind of Heinrich too. Heinrich played a lot of defense. I know we don't like to think of him like that, but he was he was. If if he can, I don't like. I don't like Chris Dunn. I do not like Chris Dunn. If that's who you're referencing, just because Chris Dunn did not do well under Tibbs. Yeah, climbed out, man. Yeah, I'm just saying that's a prototype. You know what I'm saying? It's not they're not going to be anything crazy. These guys, like they're never going to have the impact on the team that Obi Toppin and IQ have on the Knicks. You know what I'm trying to say? They're just they're they're. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, now that we're saying it out loud, if Sims could be Taj Gibson, if, you know, these guys could be like, not, not both Taj Gibson, like, like Nick's Taj Gibson, (laughs) like, you know, just like that, that type of role, you know what I mean? And if if these players could be like the three and D point guard wing and they could fulfill, uh, be role players, that's all you could ask for. They're not superstars. They're just players. Dude, look, most of the league is role players. I'm not asking these guys, I mean, to expect these guys to be superstars, Exactly. It's a pipe and dream. And, and, and not only is it a pipe dream, but it's not even what we need. Like, we need role players. We we need role players. Like, we actually need guys who just know what their role is and can do it. And that's yes. why I, I think, like, for for Grimes and McBride, like, you know who the comp, and you might even fall in love with us, who people keep saying Quentin Grimes' shot reminds him of oh. Alan Houston. Oh, let's go. Uh, I don't, uh, Dallas Houston was nice, dude. I know. People think he could get his his jumper looks similar in like the form and everything, how he jumps. Like he's very straight, like when he goes up, like Allen yeah. Houston was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see that, it, but it, I, I just it, can't compare him to. I know H two. Yeah, H two O. That's kind of uh, a. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs> he's not even he's not even pissing down Houston right now. Um, I, I mean, if he became, became Allen Houston, that's that's a win, but. I'm not like I said. I, I'm with you, man. Like, look, if they become really good role players, that's a win because we need role players. Role players makes up most of this league. So he's laying in fields we, right now, bro. All right, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh man, you really make me go back to Landry Fields. He is Landry Fields. We're overreacting to Landry Fields. <sighs> that's what he Landry, is right now. Landry's a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you do you, Landry in Atlanta. Happy for you. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think that for those guys, I think we could touch it off there. Now let's finish up with the last couple of guys. Um, Poor Luca, Rokas bro. and Luca Bildoza. Poor Luca, dude. The guy, the, guy, the guy had it tough, man. The guy goes from his league to Tokyo and then back to America to start playing in the summer league. The, the, I kind of knew the writing was on the wall once he started complaining about the time zone, <laughs> the shifts and stuff like that, and how he was tired. Uh, that means the writing's on the wall. But poor guy, man. He kind of had it tough. Yeah. For, for Roka, uh, so it's Roka's 
Yokobitis, uh, mm-hmm. and then you have Lukovildo. Thank you, appreciate it. Try, <laughs> trying out here. The man's Lithuanian. Let's uh, let's let's try to do it right. Uh, but you know, Rokas, he's not coming over, man. I just didn't see it. I I, I know he didn't. I know he did not play uh, in against Toronto, and. Even in the game one today, like, sure, I guess for him, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see tomorrow. It was game one jitters for him. He had a lot of like, he had yeah, butterfingers ch- today. Give him a chance, dude. Give him a chance. Yeah, I'll give him a chance. But it was like, he had some, he had some decent stuff today. It was decent. It was a decent, it was a decent outing. Nothing too spectacular to be like, oh, wow, we, we really need to use the last spot on him. Because as of right now, 14 players are presumptively signed to this team, right? Like, not ever, I, yeah. I don't, Think everyone's been officially signed. I know our rookies and well, Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride. Yeah, Dwayne Bacon. Uh, I know he's another one that's been agreed to to the team for the who's currently taking the 15th spot. Um, but you know, I don't know if this changes for Vildoza because his contract doesn't start until opening night. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I kind of agree with you, John, where, you know, he's complaining about the time zone. It's rough. He came in Saturday. He didn't really have that much time to adjust to another time zone to really get into the groove of things. I know he was part of the team last season, even though he came during the playoffs, got a little bit of work in with the team. It's His future is really uncertain. I don't, it's tough. I don't know what we're going to do. I think signing Miles McBride really says a lot. As having another guard, um, if you have him, if you have Miles McBride, Derek Rose, and Kemba Walker, and then if you're thinking about giving Emmanuel quickly some on-ball action, that's four guards. Like where's Vildoza sign? Like slide in. They could always keep Vildoza and have him come through practice during uh during the regular during you know prior to and see what happens. But I think that'd be a I think that'd be a lot for somebody to be like, yeah, we just don't need you. But hey, sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah, I I agree. But do you think the Knicks have slight concerns about their injuries? You know, at point guard, like with Kemba and D Rose, and I, I think in the back of their heads they have to be thinking like, if both of those guys are out, like on a random Friday, who's our point guard? You know what I mean? Who's our backup? I'm gonna slide IQ in fine. Then who's gonna back them up? Yeah, no, I hear you. And you know, this is the, this is kind of like I didn't I didn't. Those are all valid points when we talk about who's going to be sliding in who. And the, this is why I think that they brought Rokas over because initially, like, we didn't have, I, I touched about this in the Knicks Fagan TV article that Rokas was, you know, a presumptive draft, draft and stash. Like, we weren't going to see him. Like, it was just a move to use a pick. Maybe the stick guy pans out. No one thought he was, I think most thought he was not coming to summer league. That changed the plans. I don't think he's going to take that last spot unless like he really balls out the summer league. I think he's going to go back to go play with Barcelona because he does have a contract with them and the Knicks would have to buy him out if he wanted, if they wanted to come play with the Knicks. And I don't see the Knicks doing that unless they really need him and he's really showing that. And then when it comes to Luca Vildoza, right, came off this plane, right? Once again, jet lag. I will say this about Luca. He seems, I don't know how hungry he is. He seems happy to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like honor that he has a chance to go try and make an NBA team to show the Knicks that he could do something. Like I was listening to the presser and I wrote about it for Knicks fan T wrote about him for Knicks fan TV as well. He seems optimistic. He seems happy. I think he's confident in nobody knows what he can do 
and shoot, control the tempo, uh, you know, all those things that you want out of a guard. We're Can he do that? that? He was injured. We're going to find that he was injured. Whether it was in Argentina playing with them throughout the qualifiers, whether it was in his league. He didn't play well, man. He didn't play well in the Olympics, and neither did the Argentinian team overall. But, you know, he needs to – unfortunately, this is the NBA. You don't get many chances, and you got to just kind of make do with what you got and show out. Um, It's tough, man. It's tough. I know everyone – and the thing is, like, everyone was hyped for Luca Valdoza as well. What do you think? Do you think he gets signed? What do you think is going to happen to him? It seems like he's the easy cut, to be honest with you, as it stands. I'm not going to give Dwayne Bacon. I know Bacon has been playing pretty well, actually. So I I guess, you know, if if you're going to pin him in there, Vildoza ends up being like the the odd man out at the end there. But I think we just need to give him a, a couple more games and see what happens. If he continues like this, right, if the summer league, you know, continues like this, yeah, it's all over. Like, yeah, we'll wait. We'll see what happens. Like you said, we won't make a rush decision until we have to. But we're probably going to have to soon. But And it's so interesting, too, like how they're utilizing him, right? Like first game in Toronto, they gave him like eight and a half minutes. This game, they yeah. gave him like four. Uh, well, was, he, yeah, well, four he, and a half minutes. Well, he just talked to the, the reporters 25 minutes ago tell them how tired he was. <laughs> I know, but you, know, you like, and it's, but you don't get that many, like, you don't get ma- that many games. I mean, good thing they had another game in between, and sure, this was an impromptu game. Because for clicks. <laughs> it was an impromptu game that we have for, for the Knicks today against the Pacers because it was supposed to be Indiana and Washington playing, but Washington is mostly, they didn't have enough players to fill the team because of safety protocols due to COVID. So that's why the Knicks got to play today. Then it was good for them. They were able to bounce back and get the win when they lost first game against the Raptors. But maybe that has to do with it. We'll, we have three more games to see what happens uh, with these guys because they're going to need more time. Because if you look at how the minutes have been just given out, it's Miles McBride getting like t- close to 25 minutes. Manuel quickly and Obi Toppin getting the bulk of the minutes. Quentin Grimes getting bulk of the minutes. Jericho Sims getting a bulk of the minutes. Wayne Selden getting a bulk of the minutes. Like, coaches are pretty much saying who they want to see, you know? Yeah. Essentially, some really, they're saying this is, these are the guys that we want to see and what they got. Um, the rest of the guys, you know, they can either go to the G League, uh, be cut. You know, they're, they're just there as fill-ins just in case anyone goes down. They need somebody. You know, you need to, you need to field a roster. You just can't bring in the guys you just want to see. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. Rokas and uh, Luca have some... More so, Luca has sh- a shorter time because he has technically the remainder of his three years of his four-year contract that he signed. The last three years, including this, the start of the season, are not guaranteed until the start of the season. Yeah. Um, Rokas, he can just stay in Europe and play for Barcelona. Out. Yeah, he can yeah. just chill. We'll see what happens with them, man. But th- that covers it for all the guys at Summer League to, to touch on. Is there anyone else you want to cover? No, I... I kind of want to make a note that Barnes played pretty well. Everyone was freaking out that Barnes got selected too high, etc. Barnes and Obi were the best players on the court. And, you know, shout out to him. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how he plays, dude. Is he going to be the new Patrick Williams? Yeah, I think he might be. Scotty Barnes? Yeah, dude. I think he might be the, you know, that guy that just shows up and, you know, just ends up being pretty solid. Could be, man. 
Could be. I mean, I think it's, do you think this is, let's go Toronto talk now. Do you think this is their way of getting ready to get rid of Pascal Siakam? Oh yeah. I think spicy P's gone. He played awful last year. I think him and Nick nurse are done. Wow. Keep yeah, blowing yeah. up. Keep it's fast, dude. You win the championship two years ago. Now you're blowing this team up. Well, it's not their fault. Their, their star guy left Kawhi and then Serge also bounced. And then Kyle Lowry bounced. All these guys, like, you know, they didn't trade a single person. Everyone just left on their own accord. Uh, Spicy P is going to be the only person they could finally get trade assets for. So they got to collect before they re- to rebuild. Yeah. Well, Toronto did trade Kyle Lowry. It was a signing trade for Goran Dragic. Did you see yeah, what Goran, that doesn't count. Did you see what Goran Dragic said about the Toronto Raptors? Yeah, he said he has higher expectations. He's right, though, because they're about to rebuild. I... <laughs> I'm glad that you saw it. I want to talk to you about that too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, I, it's, 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 I, I just find it funny, like the way he phrased it. Because yes, I get it. It's like, hey man, I don't need to be part of a rebuilding team. I'm trying to win a championship. I was just with Miami. We were just waiting to the finals. What am I doing here? Because everyone's overreacting. Like, oh my god, do you see what Goran Dragic just said? And it's like, kind of understand where he's coming from. Dude's like almost done with his career and wants to try and win. I don't think he wants to stay in Toronto. Dude, I love... I cannot understate how much I love the new age modern athlete. Players like J.J. Redick, who's like, dude, I'm just trying to get traded to a city near my son. Like, I don't care. And I would like them to be making the playoffs because I'm old and I'm not trying to do these crazy drills that Stan Van Gundy's doing. And he comes (laughs) and he just tells us that. And like, I, I, I appreciate it. I love that so much. Players like Aaron Rodgers comes out in his press conference, tells us like, yo, names us like 13 players and how bad the Green Bay Packers treated them, like name by name. And he's like, this is why I can't stand these teams. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with the fans. It has nothing to do with football. I love football. I love everything. Nothing to do with the money. This is why. I, I Jermaine O'Neal coming out and talking about how, you know, he was treated with the NBA and the Palace and the, you know, and, and, you know, with the fight, you know, all this stuff, yo. I love the the modern athlete and them just telling it how it is. So I love Drogic just being like, dude, I'm too good. I'm too good for the rebuilding Raptors. Like, get me out of here. I yeah. like that. And he's not. And he's not wrong. Come I'll, to I'll New York. Say. Come to New York. We've been we've been trying to get you for 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 ten years, and now you're injured. So that's a perfect time to come to New York. Oh God, no. He could stay far away from New York. <laughs> I mean, thinking, oh, dude, dude, if he was. If, I mean, we're not ready for him because we're not like that team that is trying to get over the hump with a point guard. Like he would be better suited like on like the Lakers, obviously. Yeah. But like if we if if this was if this was like last year and we're sitting in the fourth seed and we need a point guard, totally, oh my goodness, he'd be perfect. Totally different story. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be totally perfect different. on the squad. Totally yeah. different story. We got we got we don't need another old vet at point yeah, guard. Yeah. Of course. No, I'm just, I'm just saying like if we were in the playoffs and like those circumstances, like he would actually be perfect. But for sure, I'll here nor there. No, 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 I agree. I, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, it's just funny, man. I just find it how be like, oh my God, Raptors fans are going to be angry. If I'm a Raptors fan, let's think, let's think to this because we're Knicks fans, right? We wanted Mello out of here just because like, okay, we're not doing Mello any service. Just get Mello out of here. Like, How do you feel what about we- the Lakers? Just quick. Feel, feels dirty. Oh, okay. You don't want him to ha- win? No, yeah, I want him to win. Uh, like, I want him to win. Lakers, but it- now, if the Lakers are in the finals, I'm actually going to root for them, even though it's Westbrook. Bro, look, 
Yes. Uh, this is, now you want to talk why it feels dirty. Okay. One is the Lakers. I just don't like the Lakers. Two, I was, I, I actually don't hate Westbrook. I hate I don't the hate West, at all. I hate the Westbrook stance. <laughs> I actually, the only thing I dislike about Westbrook is him in the fourth quarter shooting. That's all. Uh, that's literally the only thing I, I, I dislike about the whole, about the whole thing. Yeah. When he shoots in the fourth quarter, it drives, it, it makes me want to, Never play basketball again or watch basketball ever again. The Westbrook stand just get on my nerves, man, more than anything yeah. else. It's, it's like listening to, uh, oh, what's a, what's a good, what's a good, what's a good, what's a good athlete comp? It's not even like Brady because actually Brady's good in one. Hey, a good, hey, take uh, none of that on the Knicks Jets, et cetera podcast. It's the Knicks podcast. It's not the Jets podcast. So <laughs> it's okay. Uh, what's a, what's a, what's a good one to, I don't know, man. Westbrook stands just too much. So, like, he's top ten greatest of all time. Honestly, like, honestly, like they're like Frank fans. Actually, it's not a bad comp. <laughs> it's really not a bad comp. Or like very could be very irrational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, but, and it's like really the stands that just do it. It's like Westbrook's top one of the ten best point guards to ever play the game. I'm like, what? Ha- like, I get that Westbrook has a lot of good numbers. But what has the man actually done? You know what Frank, I mean. Frank doesn't have good numbers, so I guess that's not the best comparison. No, it's not. It's, but it's just like <laughs> I know. No, it's saying, more. Yeah. It's more. No, for the stands, it's more just like the yeah. overreaction. Just like yeah. Westbrook. Well, I, I think he's a top twenty point guards. One of the top twenty point guards, like in the top twenty, like that we've witnessed athletically, talented, all of that. I will not dis. I'll not top twenty. Yeah. Sure, he's in the top twenty. He's in the top twenty. Sure, yeah, I just. He's just never going to win the championship. Unless LeBron, maybe. That's why it feels dirty, man. It's, yeah. th- 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 this is the most iconic 2K team I've ever seen in my life. I know. Yo, we got Melo. We got Westbrook. We got LeBron James. We got Anthony Davis. It makes oh. the it makes the Carmelo and Gary Payton, Kobe, Shaq, Lakers look silly. You mean this looks silly? Yeah, it makes yeah, like we we thought that team was like ridiculous. Like, oh my goodness, how can this happen? All these old vets on one team and they would have won if it wasn't for those pesky injuries, right? <laughs> <laughs> In the finals. Uh and now now they're running it back with with players that are going to get hurt, dude. Westbrook, AD, I don't know. Hey man, it's gonna be an interesting season with the Lakers. I I don't know. And you have Kevin Durant extending for four years. Didn't see dude, that one coming. Dude, Patty Mills signing. Yeah, another good as one. A, as a Knicks fan, terrifies me. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good signing. Yeah, I like Patty Mills. Uh, I didn't want him on the Knicks. I think he's been too much as a backup point guard. We didn't need another backup point guard. Dude, I would have loved Patty Mills on my team. Him <sighs> or Gary Trent Jr. always have a spot on my squad. Him, Norm Powell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, give give me Gary Trent Jr., Norman Powell. My thing would, if you wanted Derrick Rose back, you can't have Patty and D Rose. You can't have Patty and Derrick Rose. That is the weirdest. That's fair. Point guard and IQ. It's just too much, man. Like you're telling me, Patty Mills is going to be starting with. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Yo, I have have a feel. How about shout out to Patty though for winning bronze in the Olympics? Yeah, for sure. I have a shout question. Oh, also, shout out to for you for calling Team USA wins the gold, like telling everyone to shut up and stop overreacting. People are ridiculous, dude. People are literally insane. Yo, um, oh shit, what was I gonna say? Um, I lost it. Never mind. 
Oh, well. It's been good, man. It's been a good conversation. I think, I think you losing is a good place to end it, though. Uh, how about that? Unless you, got, unless you think about it right now. This guy's trying so hard. He's got the, he's got the smile behind the mic. He's I trying. I can't. Oh, man. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. You see the pearl. You see the pearly whites behind that beard. It's all over, bro. I can't can't think about it. Oh man, that's so good too. I what I was gonna say. All right. Well, we'll end it right there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning oh, in. Oh yes, another- got it, got it. Oh, here we go. Where's JJ Ready gonna end up? Oh, Brooklyn. Didn't he have beef with him? Did he? Oh, maybe not. I, I, I it's either it's either New York, Brooklyn, or Philly. Because he said that's what he said. I think I think Philly is the one he has beef with. Oh, Philly's the one he has beef. Okay, so okay, you think Brooklyn? I mean, it's a nice spot for him. It's a perfect spot for him. He lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a perfect spot. Okay, I would yeah. I would also not mind JJ Redick, just just for the record. Bring him back home, Kemba and JJ Redick in the Good garden. Good God! You know, inject that into my veins. I don't care who's. You're gonna tell me you're gonna. You, I have to cut Bill Doza. We're gonna bring in JJ Redick. Yo. The problem is he's not going to do Tibbs. He thinks he's mad at Stan Van Gundy. He's not. You. He's not playing defense at you. Know, mad, come you on. You think he's mad at Stan Van Gundy's practices? Wait till he wait till he get a load of Tibbs' practice, and now he has to get off the get off the plane on the on the road games and shoot with Julius Randle. No, thank you. He's ready to chill, man. Yeah, that's right. Nets, okay. Nets, are, Nets are chilling. Okay, that's Nets fair. are chilling. Okay. Nets are chilling. Uh, he's probably gonna go over there. All right, but, that was my last question. All right, that's a that's a good place. That that'll be it. that'll be the place to end it. So once again, everyone, good thing we got John's last question in here before we we tuned out. I need to know about a, JJ. We need to know about JJ Reddick. We need to know where he was going. Let <laughs> us know where you think he's going. Hit us in the tweets. Hit us in the replies. Send us a DM. You know what to do. But everyone, thank you once again for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Shits, Etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five star review and to leave a comment if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you don't. You know what it is. It's okay. All right. You can just chill, relax, do whatever you want, because guess what? We're also on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Give us that follow. Give us that like. Interact with us. Helps us. We want to engage with you. We want to engage with this community. Thank you guys once again for tuning in and being part of this. All right. We really do appreciate it. But we'll catch you later this week for a Jets episode of the next Jets Etc. podcast. All right, everyone. We out. First first unofficial depth charge, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Knicks.